are tuned in to the Way of Healing podcast, where we inspire humans to connect more deeply to their experience of life. My name is OJ. My name is Casey. We are connecting with practitioners to talk about the potential of the innate healing powers within. Welcome back. (laughs) Welcome back. (laughs) To the Way of Healing. We literally just did this. Two minutes ago. This is what happens, though. This is this is entertainment. This is video. This is take two because we realized that we weren't rolling. Uh, no, we were rolling. We were rolling on the camera. We weren't rolling on the no, computer. No, we were. I moved the computer. Yeah. And it unplugged the unplugged audio. Unplugged. That was rehearsal. Yeah. So we're we back. did swimmingly, I might add. <laughs> um, so this is the way of healing. And we, as you can see, are in a fabulous new space. It's OJ's new Mm. place of work. Yeah, out here in Santa Monica, next level holistic healing with uh, my partner Joe, who we had on the podcast very early on. Yeah. And uh, I have a little room that I work out of and we have makeshifted it to double as a podcasting room. It moonlights as a podcasting room. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Casey was kind enough to bring this beautiful tapestry to decorate this white wall <laughs> that was very plain <laughs> um and we have another one coming in that matches our colors a little more but this one's gorgeous so thank you casey oh with love with love huh uh-huh and today uh all the way from altadena we are very excited to welcome anna yazdi anna has a business called apotheca five and she is a wellness practitioner and uh, she looks really lovely in front of this tapestry. So, Anna, please introduce yourself a little bit more to our listeners, to our audience, and let us know what Apotheca 5 is all about. Sure. Yeah. First, I'd like to thank both of you for having me. This mm-hmm. is um, my first podcast. Woo-hoo. I'm very excited. Shout out to Patrick. Shout out to Patrick. Thank you, Who connected Patty. us. <laughs> so, Apotheca 5 is my wellness practice and it's also a place where I have created so I can share a lot of the information that I've gained through the last 20 years of my life that I've applied to my own life that has helped me in different ways and also the people that I love. So it's a, it's a forum in which I can share this information and as I grow with the information and learn more information, I can just interact with people and get their feedback and we can grow together. But it's also a place where I can share information about my wellness practice. And and I really officially reopened the doors to my wellness practice in May of this year. Congratulations. Wow. That's huge. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I've finally stepped fully and intentionally back into this space after a long, long, long hiatus I was working full-time for a company for 13 years, an amazing company, and also dealing with my mom had uh, some health challenges that I was dealing with, and then I had some health challenges that I was dealing with, and then a good friend of mine, and I really could only focus on myself and the, and the people closest to me, so I really had to walk away. And I'm finally in a place that I feel that I'm strong and I'm in the moment and I can really fully step in and also bring all the things that I've gained Mm. through my experiences and offer them to my clients. And it's really been beautiful the way that it's been growing and evolving. It's like 
got a life of its own and I'm really learning to trust my intuition and allow it to unfold the way that it does and also be comfortable with not knowing everything because that's the space in which it it can thrive and grow and become its own thing. So that's what's happening at Apotheca Vibe yeah. right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I want me some of that. That's awesome. Oh, man, such good stuff in that. I'm like, where do we start? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a recurring theme that we're noticing. Mm-hmm. You probably, um, yeah. our last guest, or yeah, one of our more recent guests was also talking about how her work is bringing her own experiences of what has helped her on the journey to others. Yeah, we and had it a, can yeah. go ahead. It, it's it's like that with a lot of people. It's uh, we had someone with Lyme mm-hmm. that really got into energy mm-hmm. work because of Lyme. Her own experience with her own it, experience yeah. and her own experience with the healing, and then she wanted to share that with other people because she had such a profound experience. So with craniosacral, so mm-hmm. she does a combination of craniosacral reiki, and so what? Let's see what what is that in that jar over there? So this is. Are we ready for this? Are we ready? I think you're ready. Okay, I think you're ready. Okay. This is what I call breast friend salve. Great name. <laughs> and uh, I guess I'll just dive into uh, my story. And this is, along with what, stepping into this practice, I have finally gotten to a place where I'm strong enough that I can tell this story. So mm. um, I'll just get into it. Uh, eight years ago, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. And I really realized I was an empath during mm. that process. I was her main caregiver, my mom, my dad and I, but I was a different kind of caregiver than my dad. And I used to sit with her when she was getting chemo and imagine what it was, what she was experiencing as if it was me. So a month after my mom was done with all her treatments and everything. And my mom was really great because she did all the Western stuff, but she also did all this stuff that I recommended to her. Mm. And she gave herself shots in her stomach of the, of something called Iskador, which is from the holly plant. And they use it a lot in Germany for women with breast cancer. And she was amazing. So a month after she was done with her treatment, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. <laughs> I had a feeling it was going there. Yeah. Whoa. And <laughs> neither of us carry the gene. And that really took me on... A long journey, (laughs) a very, very long journey, which included so many things. Uh, Of course, the basics, diet and taking care of myself and putting myself first and self-love and and all of those, what I think are basic things that one needs in order to be healthy and truly thrive. But then also uh, I dove into working with plant medicine, which... I had been thinking about for about five years before that. And when I was diagnosed, I didn't tell very many people. In fact, I didn't tell my parents for two years wow. until I knew that I was on the other end of it because wow. I knew that one, my mom was just recovering and they had just been through hell. And two, wishing my parents were something that they weren't, was not. it wasn't the time for it. And I knew that I was going to make decisions that weren't necessarily going to be comfortable for them. They weren't comfortable for me either. I had to um, rebel against authority a lot. And 
that was something that a lot of people aren't comfortable with. They're not comfortable with because they worry and they care and they want the best for you and they project their own fears onto you. And I had to just think about what, what I needed. It was about me only. And so I didn't really tell anybody and I dove into working with plant medicine. And, and in that I learned, I started to learn about how our emotions and thoughts affect everything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and now I think that this was seven years ago. So I think now we're in a place where that's a, a normal conversation. At least I'm hearing it a lot. I don't know, maybe it's just in my bubble that I'm hearing it more and more. And, and I'm sure when I step out of my bubble, it's still a foreign concept for a lot of people. I forget sometimes that not everybody lives in my bubble. <laughs> we, we all do, trust me. <laughs> But uh, it really, I, I feel like that is the crux of what really helped me heal was understanding the emotions that were around what helped me manifest this thing in my body and then also how to let it go. So one time after about a year, I finally had the opportunity to take a walk through the redwoods with cancer and have a conversation with, with cancer and, and thank mm. it for everything that it had taught me and, wow. and the path that it put me on and to also release it and let it know that it no longer needed to teach me and that it had no place in my life anymore. And, not, and, and there was an interesting thing I remember in my mind, I felt kind of bad, like I was breaking up with it and I was hurting its feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Just such an interesting, weird human experience. But I was able to release it. And then that brings me to Breast Friends. So as I was going through the process of all the exploring all the different things, and, and I'll let you know that I did do some of the things that Western medicine wanted me to do. The one thing I said no to was chemotherapy, and I only did half of the radiation that they recommended, and I did do the lump, I had a lumpectomy. I didn't talk about any of this until publicly until six months ago. So there was no Instagram or Facebook posts about it or anything like that. It was a very, very, like I had like five people. They were my, my posse. And, and this was that, how many that's years who took ago? care of me. Seven, Seven. years ago. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So one of the things that I looked for, which made sense to me, was a way to get healthy herbs keep grabbing my chest sorry but that's no, where um, um healthy herbs into my chest and breast mm -hmm. and under my arms and things like that and i was actually at expo west and i figured three stories of natural food and health and potions and lotions and things like that they'll definitely have something here and i searched every single booth and nothing there was nothing the only thing that existed was nipple cream for breastfeeding moms mm -hmm. So I thought, naturally, I can do this myself. I mean, I work with herbs and plants, and I know them, and I take them. And, and so I started to make it, and I, I started making it just for myself and for my friends. I would gift it to friends during the holidays. And, and then people started to reach out to me and, and say, hey, I have somebody that is going through this. Can you talk to them? Can you talk to them about what you did? And also, I would give them breast friend. As a side note, when I talk to people, they want to know what exactly I did, like what was my protocol. And, and my <laughs> unfortunately, there's no, it's, it's a very Western-minded way of thinking about how to heal the body is that, you know, there's this like specific protocol. But 
really the work comes in knowing what's right for you and what worked for me might not be what works for anybody else. You know, I mean, there are basic general things and they've done studies to show that diet and rest and laughter and all of those things are incredibly important for healing, but almost, I would say 75% of what is really important is the the emotional work, mm-hmm. all the stuff behind of the psychology behind it. So I know through the work that I did that I was sending signals from my mind to my cells that I have cancer because I was imagining what my mom was going through. And so that was the manifestation that was created in my body. And even before that, when I first stepped into my healing practice in my 20s, in my school, they talked a lot about protecting yourself and not taking people's mm-hmm. things on. But I was just so young and I really didn't know. And I really wanted to help people. So people would come to me and they would come to me with a headache and they'd leave feeling great and I would have a headache. Mm-hmm. And so this was an ongoing thing. And I realized I can't do this work until I figure this out. I have to figure this out. I can't just take people's things on. And then after that, I had another really, really close friend of mine who um, had Lyme's disease and is, well, we think he has Lyme's disease and um, dealing with that. And that's really been the pinnacle of me learning not to take things on from people. And I finally have gotten to this place where he could be having a bad day, but it doesn't throw me off track so much that I'm not capable of taking care of myself or feeling good. And that's why I'm clear on knowing that I can step into this practice. And I derailed from Breast Friend. So Breast Friend, when I started this practice, I I was talking to a friend of mine and she loves it so much. And she's for a couple of years, a few of my friends have been saying I should offer it publicly. And I just, you know, didn't even know where to start. (laughs) And it just seemed very overwhelming to Mm -hmm. me. But my friend, Martina, I love you. (laughs) She had her son's friend, her son's 18, um, create that label for me and sent it to me and was, was like, just do it. Oh, awesome. so, that's fun. So it's in the process of um, officially I'm, I'm having it trademarked and Great. all of that. And I've been selling it on Instagram, just offering it on Instagram. I'm working on my website right now, but it's really beautiful. And I'm getting a lot of really amazing feedback. Women love it. More important, I think, than even getting those herbs into your, you know, the area where there's a concentrated amount of lymph in mm-hmm. your breast and chest area and under your arms is the time that you take to really put love into your body and to be grateful for your health and well-being and also to become familiar with your body, to know what's going on. You know, I always say, do you you know breast breast massage is a thing? Because people don't even, women don't even think about touching their breasts. Women don't even touch themselves. Yeah. yeah. And, and, right, like we wash, we... Mm -hmm. We do self-massage in other places and it's like we totally ignore this area. Mm-hmm. I completely know what you mean. I gave a lymph massage earlier today actually and I realized like this, she's very uncomfortable with this space in her body. She doesn't know what to do with it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like creating comfortability within ourselves to know ourselves to then share ourselves 
with the world, right? Mm -hmm. But until we know our own selves, like top to toe, what, you know, it, then we still have to explore and dive and, right. and do that work. Yeah. I mean, it feels like it's decades long work. I mean, it's a lifelong, lifelong experience of getting to know oneself. I think it's a Ram Dass quote and I'm paraphrasing, but the best way to help anyone is to grow yourself. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's been one of my biggest lessons. Mm-hmm. Isn't yeah. it mm-hmm. for everyone? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank also, you so much for sharing that. Yeah, that yeah. Was, there's a lot. There's a lot there, and it was it was great. But powerful, very potent. Going back to the whole, like knowing yourself, it's like if you don't know yourself, then there's no baseline for you to judge when something's off, right? If you're not in tune with yourself and your body and your energy, then there's no baseline to say, oh, something feels different. Something may be off. Something may be seriously off, mm-hmm. but you don't know because you're so disconnected and you're waiting for someone else to tell you what's wrong with you when in reality, they don't know, right? There's all these new sicknesses and diseases that me and Casey were just talking about it that are popping up out of nowhere where 50 years ago, they weren't even a thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just because doctors are just not even doctors, but people are just trying to put a name to a disease and call it something because the symptoms are very similar mm-hmm. when something pops up. When in reality, it's like it may or may not be that. You may or may have not been diagnosed with Lyme or an autoimmune disease and not saying that those doctors are wrong but doctors are very specialized in what they know and so if someone is like I'm a Lyme doctor and I've seen Lyme Mm -hmm. a million times you come to them with symptoms that are very similar to Lyme they're going to call it Lyme and it may or may not be and so I think it's it's pretty cool that you're 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 talking about the whole self-care and connecting with yourself peace that's huge and that's something we preach to our listeners all the time yeah it's it's one thing i think to talk about it but for it to truly sink in what that means hopefully it doesn't take something big like an illness to teach everybody how important it is to take care of ourselves mm-hmm. you know to truly learn how to be comfortable with loving ourselves and that's not to say that I always feel I'm in the space of self-love. I'm not. And I've definitely gone through major moments in my life where I've grasped for that feeling and then moments where I have felt it. I think that those moments where I haven't felt it are the ones that have taught me so much, but I don't want for people to have to go through that all the time. So hopefully when we speak these words, people will it'll sink in and invite people to really give themselves permission to take the time to to take care of themselves and to love themselves. I think that my work, the intention behind my work is to help ease and release the nervous system. Mm -hmm. It's all around the nervous system. And I didn't know that that was my work really, but what I've been studying the nervous system for about four years and my friend who I mentioned who might have Lyme. And when we go back to these illnesses, I call them mysterious chronic illnesses. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that there is um, one diagnosis for, for most of these illnesses. I think that it's a culmination of assaults on our nervous system that build up 
over time. I, ca- I think of it as like debris. I'm kind of a, a little bit of a clean freak. And so when I sweep my floor and then when I work on my nervous system, I think of it as like I'm sweeping my nervous system, nice. cleaning my nervous system. And, you, you know, you need to sweep or clean often. And it's the same thing with our bodies. And so with the mysterious chronic illnesses, it could be that somebody has, for instance, a really bad car accident and then they have a loss and then they, you know, work in a building with mold and then their, you know, the resilience goes down more and more and more. And then eventually they come in contact with something that we come in contact with every day, but then that nervous system finally just collapses and can't deal with it anymore and then we get stuck in this like diagnosis blood work you know MRIs all the things what's wrong with me I need an answer before I can get better and it's this loop it's this crazy loop and I have lived it so I'm speaking from experience and when you take a step back and and go I need to maybe be okay with not having a diagnosis because what is that really anyway I know my body's something's off And then just start to change, get, try to bring yourself out of fight or flight. Mm -hmm. That's really what it's about, right? Because when we're ill, we're in fight or flight. We're scared. We're, what if this kills us? What if we're in this place of suffering for the rest of our lives? Mm -hmm. And those signals just keep getting sent to our bodies, which just keeps creating a reaction. And if we can just take our nervous system out of fight or flight for even five minutes, then because our nervous system isn't unlike other systems of the body, it's not just in one location. It's the central nervous system, but I'm talking about the nervous system as a whole. And so that could be in your forearm. It could be, you know, just these like different places in your thought process. And when it starts to release, it has this domino effect. And then it starts to send opposite signals to the other systems of the body, where then the body, those systems start to remember how to function properly. Mm-hmm. And then it's about re- getting realigned and then your, your body starts to heal itself. Right? So it's about self-empowerment because I think, that, I think that so many people, as you were talking about going to the doctor and everything, they go to doctors or healers or whatever. And that's why I don't really feel comfortable calling myself a healer because to me that makes me feel like I've somehow reached this place of enlightenment where I have my shit together and, you know, you're broken and you're coming to me and I'm going to fix you. And I don't, I don't really, not to put anybody down, I don't think, I'm not saying other people who are, call themselves healers feel that way about themselves, but that's how it makes me feel. And so for me personally, I like to meet people, you know, in the same place. And first I look at them as if they're whole, they're not broken. And that it's just that you know, there's, it's like a tune up or a reset that our bodies need where the society, you know, as soon as we walk out the door, we're assaulted by things. And so, mm-hmm. so it's just like taking this moment and it doesn't mean that I don't need to go to somebody to help me. It doesn't mean that I don't have bad days. It doesn't mean that I'm not having a human experience like everybody else. I'm very human. So that's, <laughs> that's part of it as well. But I think that people like to go to doctors and they just give their power away mm-hmm. completely to to these to whoever and they put their trust into somebody else's hands and don't have faith in 
their own body's ability to heal and also don't take the time to trust themselves and to know themselves like you were saying. And it comes down to getting to know yourself and loving yourself and trusting yourself. And it's scary. Mm -hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, Anna gets it. <laughs> I know. I'm like, that's it. That's all. OJ, of it. we don't need to be here. We're gonna go. We're gonna go get a coffee, and you can just keep. Yeah, profound words, profound wisdom, all, 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 of, all it. of it. One of the things that's been coming up recently, it, a quote: "Listen to the whispers. Don't wait for the shouts." Mm -hmm. And this is this is it. There's also the consciousness shifting, right? We're not taught to know ourselves. We're not, we haven't been conditioned to explore. See, you know, what, what is there for you? It's like, oh, you've got a thing here, take this pill and it's, or you've got a thing. Okay, let's go to the doctor. They'll figure it out. So yes, I'm just reiterating that that was so spot on. Yeah. And I've experienced that myself in my own healing journey too. I mean, obviously, right? This is kind of how we've all come to do this work in my experience of talking to anybody who is in wellness or it's like we got curious about what wasn't working or didn't feel right or wasn't aligned for ourselves. Maybe we pursued the Western route. It didn't offer a solution. And so we started to expand what wellness means. And that's one of the things that we want to reiterate on the podcast. It's like, we're not condemning Western medicine at all, ever. What it is, is the need to recognize how large the spectrum is and how much else there is there that can be more effective or differently effective, or this piece incorporating this at the right time could be that thing that you need that allows you to drop into your parasympathetic nervous system. That it's not just that we're in fight or flight when we're sick. In this culture, we're constantly in fight or flight. And so part of the job of the practitioner is to hold space for the client to find their parasympathetic, right? You take a break. I'm going to do, I'll, I'll do the sympathetic work for you while you just get into your body a little bit more. So, yeah. and it, it happens from, from the womb, right? We're assaulted starting then. Cause, and I don't mean that in this standard sense of what the word assault means. But all of the things that our mother goes through, we are also witnessing. And so I, I, this is very fresh on my mind because I'm newly working with a two-week-old baby doing craniosacral and it's really beautiful. This is a quick aside. Do we have time for it? Mm -hmm. Infants are miraculous because they don't have, they're not in their mind. They're in their experience. They are so present. So anything that comes up in this baby comes out of her. So within a minute, we'll see a frown, a smile, her lip will quiver like she's about to cry. She'll shiver. And so all of these emotions that we then grow and we are conditioned to repress and suppress and use words for, don't do this, don't do that, 
she's got it. There's no filter. It just comes up and out. So it's really beautiful. So I feel like if we can get to people younger, also it's helping, right? It's just whatever sort of expansion we can have with this witnessing yourself, getting to know yourself is the way that our consciousness is, is evolving. Yeah. And taking accountability, what you said about you manifesting it in yourself. Huge. Yeah. And it's not about blaming myself or yeah. because I think I feel like some people feel that if there's something that they manifested, that's like a illness or, or whatever they find is negative and they, then, then, it's <laughs> salt on the wound yes, mm-hmm. yes. because then they beat themselves yes. up. And I mean, what I think what I've learned, I've really learned recently is to have compassion for the human experience because the more work I do with people, the more I realize that we're all feeling this spectrum. It's like this rainbow from one end to the other of, of emotions from elation to terror Mm -hmm. and and like it 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 really is like the gamut in one day usually (laughs) even though we don't we're not always conscious of it right we're we're like oh my god this is amazing and then oh my god you know i mean it's like you go through all of it Mm -hmm. all of it and things are coming at us and we're, we're unlike babies who you know can just have the experience it just goes into our subconscious and mm-hmm. starts to play on these these loops that we have playing. Like mm-hmm. it goes into the category and plays on whatever loop it plays on and until we become aware of it and do something about it. But beating ourselves up is not the answer. Being Being hard on ourselves and having these outrageous expectations to be positive all the time or you know, enlightened or whatever that might be. I feel like there is this, um, it's just this other dogma of, of pressure that we put on ourselves and rules and stipulations that we put on ourselves to, to be a certain way rather than just allowing ourselves to be right. and like actually feeling so that those feelings can process through us and then leave us yeah. instead of carrying them. I think the attachment to being a certain way is what gets us, Right. We are attached to being positive all the time and we're not is when we start shaming ourselves and beating ourselves up. But you can be negative and not be attached to it, right? It's okay to be negative and say, oh, I'm having a fucking bad day, but it's like I'm just having a bad day mm-hmm. and it's that's okay. And you let yourself be there and you let yourself experience that, but also recognizing that when it's gone, it's gone. When I'm out of my funk, I don't have to be in my funk because I said my day was in a funk, Right. It's like I'm having a shitty day and all of a sudden, oh, yeah, I'm good now. Like I can carry on. I don't have to carry on the baggage from the rest of the day. Um, But I know a lot of people that's like, well, my day started off shitty. So the rest of my day is going to be shitty. Keep it that way. Right. (laughs) And you've missed the whole point of the day. You missed so much opportunity to connect and to love and to experience because you're so attached to this is how my day is going to be rather than being present with you know, what's going on at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like that with healing too. It's like some days are good, some days are bad and trying not to be too attached to your health even. Like you can work at it, you can be diligent about it, but if something wants to pop up to teach you something, it's going to pop up. And 
a lot of people are so hard on themselves because like, oh, I've done everything right. I've, I eat organically. I meditate. I pray. I do all these things and I still get sick. And it's like, well, it happens and it's okay. And just be with it and see what else is there rather than like beating yourself up over why is this happening to me? I think um, I think about emotions as ocean waves, mm-hmm. and you know sometimes the surf is rocky and choppy, and sometimes it's very smooth and docile. And this is sort of how emotions are. And so recognizing that they come in waves, mm-hmm. and that energy is waves, and where the problems occur is when we block the energy from movement. So then it's energy that gets stuck in different places in the body. And then that becomes an energetic adhesion or a lesion or a a funky thing or a pain or a disease or, yeah, like you were saying, it knocks down the immune system to such a degree that then symptoms flare up. So thinking back to your experience with your healing journey... I can only ask you the question of how much more wisdom you feel like, you know, you're in this place now versus before you went through that journey for yourself and how different it is, right? Wherever you were, I know that you were already on the path of, you had already gone to herbal herbal school, right? You went to New Mexico. I went to the New Mexico School of Natural Therapeutics Mm -hmm. in my early 20s. Mm -hmm. I'm 46. (laughs) I just said that out loud. (laughs) 46 and a half. (laughs) Even better. She's the shit. (laughs) Um, But um, I, I realized that that was just the beginning of my education. That was just the it was the door opening to my education. And I had like, when I think back, I had no idea the what door was opening and where it was leading me to and what I was going to go through to be where I am today. And I'm really grateful for it. And one of the things that I pray for whenever I sit in ceremony or do deep work is please allow me to learn my lessons in like the most gentle way possible (laughs) from now on. (laughs) I don't want to be the person who's having to learn things the hard way for the rest of my life Mm -hmm. because I'm tired, you know, and I just need a break from, from those lessons. And, and so usually what I do is I wake up in the mornings and I don't turn on my phone. I don't look at the computer. I step out into sunshine and I brush my teeth outside in the sunshine. And then I do breath work and my breath work is my best friend in the mornings. And usually that leads to tears. Usually Mm. that means I end up crying or making not attractive sounds or (laughs) (laughs) who knows there might be maybe the squirrels really like it (laughs) I think they do actually I think the squirrels are weird and they like it um but what what kind of breath work is it um right now I have been doing I guess they called holotropic breath work Uh um right now it's so I just went to 
I, I took a workshop with my friend Scott Schwenk. I don't know if you guys know who he is, but he does. Ex- he calls it ecstatic breath work, and he he teaches at Wanderlust. Wanderlust, and um, but he also has an online course, and it's really really great. So it's similar to that. It's just two breaths in, one breath out, all through the mouth. And I do it for about 20 minutes and I usually do it with the amp coil. And then I cry (laughs) and then I drink a glass of water and then I'm like, okay, I'm ready to start my day. (laughs) Uh, Audience, I'm going to challenge as many of you as are willing to attempt to start your day like that. Maybe... Maybe it doesn't have to be 20 minutes. Maybe no. you can start with five, mm-hmm. maybe 10. Mm-hmm. Five minutes is, is good. And try it like twice a week. And then just see, you know, try it twice a week for three weeks. Five minutes. That That's not asking that's too much. That's a great challenge. Yeah. And, um, you know, and then just see how your life changes. Mm-hmm. And feel free to reach out to us or Anna and let us know. What yeah. fantastic explosive things have happened. <laughs> On the days that I don't cry, I'm like, is there something wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> and that's just the universe going, no, Anna, there's nothing wrong with you right. if you don't cry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you uh, want to talk a little bit about what the amp coil is? Yeah, sure. So there's a lot to the amp coil, and I've really been trying to figure out how to distill it down in a way that is digestible for most people and myself because I'm learning more about it. But I got it about a year and a half ago for my friend who has this mysterious chronic illness. And it was created by a family who had a husband, wife, and their daughter had Lyme disease. And and they brought together components of different things that helped them a little bit. And so what the amp coil is, and now they're all, they're doing much better. So what the amp coil is, is... It's an amplifier, essentially, and it's about the size of a carry-on. And through the amplifier, they connect a tablet to it, and in that tablet is programmed frequencies. So I guess I should talk a little bit about PEMF. So PEMF is pulsed electromagnetic field. And for many, many, many years, I think in the 20s, they started to discover, first they started to discover that cells communicate with each other even through glass. And then they started to do experiments with cells and radio waves and how that affects them. And then sometime around that time, they started to discover and test that different things have vibrational frequencies, including our earth and trees. And then they started to test our cells. And basically, they came up with all these frequencies for our bodies that are like what they call an optimal range And so if our liver is vibrating at this optimal range, and I don't know the frequencies, all of them, um, then it's, it's working fine. And if it falls below that range, it starts to have issues. And of course, that has a domino effect with all the other systems in the body as well. And these frequencies are aligned with nature. So... The resonance is is a natural resonance. So we know that EMFs, for instance, are are not 
good frequencies. And that's because of how fast they come at us Mm -hmm. and how often they come at us. So that's a big part of it. PEMF is much different. It's it's the natural frequencies. And so these frequencies are programmed in the tablet and it's actually really user-friendly. And there's two ways that I say you can use it for. You can either use it for like a rejuvenating, revitalizing reason, or you can go down the rabbit hole of detox. So for people like the person who I initially got it for, who you know we thought had Lyme's disease, we went through layers and layers of coiling him. We call it coiling, and I'll tell you why in a minute, for frequencies to help reduce heavy metals and parasites and all kinds of different things. And it's, it's a long haul. Yeah, because programs are anywhere from like 30 minutes to an hour. Mm -hmm. And you have to do them consistently. And it's Mm -hmm. really hard because he lives in Mexico. And so I would fly out there. And when I was there, I would, you know, make sure he was doing it every day. But when I wasn't there, it's really hard for somebody to take care of themselves when they're sick and can't get out of bed. But I do think he's, I was telling you earlier, he's, he's, much better, not much better, but he is improving. There is visible improvement, and I feel that amp- the Amcoil has really been a big part of that, and also nervous system retraining exercises that he's doing is a big part of it as well. So they call it amp coil because there is a coil and you place the coil on your body and the way that it's created is looks like a donut and it's like a modified Tesla coil. So it works on the same technology, similar technology. There's not like magnet, magnetic electricity coming off of it, but essentially it creates, um, oh, I don't want to get too technical, but it creates this like toroidal an energy field, well, right? We talk about toroidal field on here. Uh, okay. Yeah, feel free. Go. Go okay. d- dive, woman. S- swim us into the ocean. Yeah. I'm, I'm really trying to keep it simple. So if you guys no, have any suggestions brilliant. on how to... Share that brilliance. Yeah. <laughs> we talk so, about polarity and yeah, you're okay, good. Okay, great. So, so it creates this toroidal frequency field. And the main difference between the amp coil and, and other PEMF devices as far as I understand, is that the Tesla coil actually helps the frequencies penetrate past the blood-brain barrier. Mm. The blood-brain barrier is electric. So it helps move it past that. And so it penetrates intracellularly and into hollow organs and reaches places that a lot of the other frequency devices can't. I'm familiar with like the mat, Mm -hmm. the PEMF mats Mm -hmm. that you lie down on. Um, and they're like thin and mm-hmm. so, but I haven't seen an amp coil. Um, I'm really, you said you place it on, do you have, do you like have access to one or something? I've used it. My, I've used it before. Really? And um, when my daughter got a, a UTI, uh-huh. yeah, the company that I was working for, they had we one. had one, the, the owners lent it to us to try out. And so I took it home for like four nights in a row and put the amp coil on her and, mm-hmm. you know, all of it, but it, it definitely helped get Very her past cool. it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, they're, they're pretty adamant about making sure that people realize it's not like healing you. What it is, what it's doing is it's bringing your bio terrain back into a healthy place. So then the, your body can heal itself. And that's usually not an overnight. That's, that's one of the hard things I think people have with, um, ancient medicine is, uh, as opposed to Western medicine, is that it's not this like, Instant. I took antibiotics, I had an infection, I took antibiotics, and the next day I could feel my my infection going down. 
it's not instant. Sometimes it's not even noticeable until one day you just wake up and go, oh, I think I actually feel better. So it's, it, you know, it takes... Part of the beauty of that, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it takes a modicum of faith and mm. dedication to keep doing something and not see instant results. Well, and you talk about the PEMFs and EMFs and why EMFs are bad is because they're constant and they're pulsing and they don't go at a rate that aligns with our own bodies. And so we're in this vibration zone that is not natural for us. And that's what I was talking about earlier off air is like we're so young, we're so Shiva, we're so go, drive, fill. And it's the space that we need to create to bring ourselves back into balance, the yin for the yang. And there was another piece, but it is. It's funny we're talking about EMFs because you're wearing black tourmaline. Heck yeah, I'm wearing black (laughs) tourmaline. When she talked about not taking on other people's stuff, this has been a really important stone for me because I was, I'm also a legit empath (laughs) and a cancer to boot. So large swells of waves of emotions. And I would take on people's stuff to such a degree that I was like, wait, this is my career. How can I, you know, how can I both work and also like be good at what I do and also keep my body healthy? And it requires a pulling back and a reevaluation. And a how do we do things different? Right, because these yeah. these my hands, mm-hmm. and that's the place where I get stuff. I get like a rash mm-hmm. on my hands when I'm taking on too much stuff. My hands are like a barometer. It's they're. I'm like, wow. Okay, what's the weather like? It's like I'm taking the weather. I'm like, <laughs> okay. So anyway, tourmaline helped a lot with that. Just keeping it. But when I first got this, it was a client gift, ironically, or not, and it was too much for me to wear. It just felt so. It was like this is this black stone. It's this heavy, intense black stone. I couldn't wear it. Mm. So I, I kind of just like put it away. And then I was looking for it and I couldn't find it. I had lost it for almost a year. Mm. Then another piece of black tourmaline came into my life from a colleague. And then the second piece reappeared. It had been in a pants pocket of a pair of winter pants that I had like stashed away and didn't wear. And so it reappeared in my life at the time when I was ready to use it Mm -hmm. was like of course yeah there's another there's a russian stone a really smooth black stone what am i thinking of it's not obsidian shungite shungite Mm. i was gonna say shungite what do you talk to us about some shungite (laughs) oh gosh i don't know how deep i can go about shungite but i i (laughs) i have it in my water filter and i have it by my wi-fi i have it all around my wi-fi and i have it um by my computer as well because it helps deflect those EMFs. Mm -hmm. And they've come out with the phone cases Mm -hmm. that have shungite, a thin piece of shungite on the back. So yeah, these are all really great things, peeps. Yeah. And it's actually not in its natural form smooth. It looks like charcoal. Uh Uh-huh. Right. You're right. Yeah. 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 I've just seen mostly polished, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Or tumbled. Yeah. 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 I love shungite. Sometimes I put it in my bath too. Groovy. Ah. Yeah, because water also magnifies waves. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. I have a a filter that looks like a ball that hangs on my for my bathtub. 
so uh-huh. that the water that goes through gets filtered. And I put a bunch of shungite in there. Oh, neat. Really? I know I'm a little oh my gosh. <laughs> hacker, <Field>. biohacker here. <laughs> Field trip. Can we? <laughs> <laughs> yes, come over, please. Yay. <laughs> there you are. Okay. And speaking of, you know, being an empath and working on people and all of that, I was telling you earlier that I am not just stepping into this in a very intentional way, but also becoming more and more comfortable with doing things on my terms. And so um, because of the work that I'm doing and because it's geared towards the nervous system, it's I'm working on people for an hour and a half, almost two hours sometimes. And it's very, very slow. And sometimes I guide them through breath work before I get, uh, while they're on my table, before I start to work on them. And I realized I can only work on two people a day. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And, mm -hmm. you know, getting comfortable with that and then getting to a place where I feel like it, I'm just going to say like in this wellness world, there seems to be this discomfort with money exchange, right? And <laughs> and and like feeling okay about nobody knows be, what you're talking <laughs> about. This is completely foreign. I, I'm much more comfortable with yeah. it than I used to be, but but also, you know, I am realizing my worth, and as I'm realizing my worth, I'm realizing this is totally okay. And for me to, you know, I know, I know the work that I'm doing and I know that I'm completely present and I know that, you know, I'm giving this person all of my attention and I'm also walking away feeling great, by the way, because I'm going into this like Zen zone, you know, but when, when my, when I say goodbye to my client, I have to lay down for a half hour and then I I can work on another client, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's the only way I can do it because of everything that I've gone through. I can't, there's no other way for me. I can't push myself. When I was first doing um, body work, I worked at Burke Williams and it was the only, it was in Santa Monica. It was when it was only that one Burke Williams a long Mm -hmm. time ago. And I would do five clients a day. Yeah. And there are people there that would work doubles. Training. I don't even know. And they pay like $20, $18. So I don't know, you know, how to do that Mm. anymore. Yeah. My wife uh, got into massage and she, same thing. She was doing uh, sometimes up to like nine clients a day because they're shorter sessions, but still just that energetic exchange between clients. Mm -hmm. And now she's supervisor at the spa, but all the MTs there are just, they're drained, they're Mm -hmm. tired. And it's it's a hard thing taking on people's energy and exchanging that energy, giving your energy for that amount of time. And it's not even necessarily the mm-hmm. amount of time, it's the number of people. Mm-hmm. The different energies yeah. is what gets you, in my experience at least. So this is making me think of our Western healthcare system and let's have some empathy for the doctors right. that are seeing 40 clients a day. 40 patients a day. So it's like we're also there to supplement Western medicine. Mm -hmm. We're there to offer relief to some of these. Like, of course you're not going to be super present if you're seeing 45 people who are all coming to you begging for a solution, hoping that you have the answer, Right. which is what the current model has geared us to do. So can you imagine? Yeah. Right? Everybody thinks you're the wailing wall and that you... You know, right? Your compassion. All the answers lie within you, and you're like, 
So uh, I understand why some doctors are very like not a lot of eye contact, right? Mm -hmm. Very short sessions, yeah. not even some touching mm -hmm. because it's intense work. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's just an important point, I think. And Absolutely. I just tied it when, you know, with all of this is that like, yeah, yeah, there's something to this. Good connection. Hey, thanks. Yeah. They're really stuck in the way that the whole thing is structured. It's not really mm -hmm. even them as an individual. It's the paradigm of, of the structure of the Western medicine. I was my, just talking to a close friend of mine who, who just had surgery and, and she said, you know, there were like five, four or five people in the, like, it was just like, okay, you're next, you're next, you're next. And she's like, I don't even think my doctor takes a day off. I think she works seven days a week. And, and she's a surgeon. And she's a surgeon. And she's not doing surgery every day, but she's working but every she's day. And that's, I don't know. I wouldn't right. be able to It's do a that. recipe for burnout. It's an absolute recipe for burnout. And you mm -hmm. see that, mm -hmm. right? So I'm sympathetic. And I've started working in a hospital setting doing some of this integrative work and developing relationships with the MDs is some of the best experiences. It's like they see that I come in and I'm offering something different that they're not offering mm -hmm. and that it is part of, again, augmenting the spectrum of, of healing and wellness. My goodness. Uh, let's order a pizza and keep <laughs> talking for another two hours, please. That's I have... Awesome. I have truth bumps head to toe. Anna, what else is there? Is there anything that we've missed? What, how should people get a hold of you who are interested in your services or want to know more? Right now, Instagram is the best way. I've really embraced it and it's, I'm allowing myself to thrive in creativity and writing. And I also have a really good discipline and like not being on it all the time. I make a post and put my information out there and then I don't need that dopamine hit. So, but mm. Instagram is my, is my go-to right now. Apotheca five. Apotheca five, mm. A-P-O-T-H-E-K-A. And then the number five, which is the five elements. Um, <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> and I'm working on my website. I'm in the process of working on my website, which is I started before I even actually opened the doors to my practice and it's nice. still happening. So that I didn't realize that was going to be that challenging, but oh, that's happening. Yeah. Eventually that'll be official and I'll be an official person. Um, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, haven't you learned anything in the last <laughs> few decades? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. You're very official. <laughs> thank you. You are the most official. Thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, so, and also people can text me. Is that uh, is that kosher too? Yeah. You share whatever you want to share while I smell your breast That's friend for you, solve. by the way. <gasps> That's for you, so you can, thank you, yes. Thank you, breast friend yes. solve. Cool, yeah. I can't yeah. wait. It it's smells the great. Cacao that I was, the cacao butter that's that maybe is takes over the whole scent. Oh, I'm, I you smell it. you want to smell it? I yeah, it. it's no. toasty. That's great. Yeah. I love it. It's really good stuff in here. Okay. Yeah. Can't wait. Thank you, breast friend. Yes, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. I'm going to offer, I can't wait to use it, and then I'll be able to share it with some of my clients. Yes, yeah. yeah. That would be amazing. Okay. And yeah. so, yeah, that's, it's small batch. I make it in my kitchen. So um, I have some jars right now, but I always announce when I make a new batch. 
and right there, it's sold. It's not sold in any stores except for Cosm in New York. That's the only place oh, that sells it. Um, congrats! Thank you, thank you. Um, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's not. It's right. It's only in Cosm and on IG so far. So far, uh-huh. right? Is, thank yeah. you, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I, I, honestly, I it's I don't want it to grow faster than I don't want to sure. spend. Right, right, right. You know like a crazy person in my kitchen all day, every day Mm-mm. making it right now because there is a lot of love in that. <laughs> I'm holding <laughs> it saying, to my heart. <laughs> there's an incredible amount of love in that and I want it to stay that way. So I trust that it'll grow as I can as I can grow with it. So you can buy that through right now just through PayPal or Venmo and you can contact me on Instagram if that's something. And men can purchase that as well for their loved ones, for their wives and their mothers and all the women in their lives. Mm -hmm. And men have lymph. And men have lymph and and men get breast cancer, not very often, but yes. It's important to remember. And there's also the heart there and all, and yeah. And the pecs, the underarms. I use that on men and women clients when Mm. I work on the chest and neck and all that area. Yeah. Important, important to, to recognize men and, and their boobies. Yes. Um, so you went to an expo, they didn't have a booth (laughs) and now you are representing with breast friend solve. Representing. Do you have a booth yet? No. A boob booth. A boob booth. She's going to have a it's boob booth. It's going to have to be in the uh-huh. shape of a boob. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Anna Yazdi, this has been such a pleasure. On the spectrum of what? what's it? This There's terror and there's started with an elation. E. Elation. <laughs> I'm way over in the elation side. So I just want to thank you so much for sharing your time with the Wave Healing Podcast and with OJ and myself. And your story. Thank you for, you know, sharing it with us. Yeah. Thank you for creating a safe place for me to be able to share it. And thank you both for having me. I really, this has been so great. Yeah. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, listeners. Thank you, listeners. Thank you for tuning in to The Way of Healing. We hope that you find yourself inspired. If you enjoyed our show, a gift is to let others know. And we want to hear from you. Please share your feedback so we know how our work is resonating. Make us aware of modalities and practitioners whom we may not know. If you haven't already, please subscribe at thewayofhealingpodcast.com. Our email is thewayofhealingpodcast at gmail.com and find us at facebook.com forward slash thewayofhealing. Remember, a rising tide lifts all boats.